Hey, you're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all of the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I used to work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. I'd like to welcome our guest, the insanely funny comedian, Amy Miller. Originally from the East Bay of San Francisco, Amy is now an L.A. comic whose sophomore album, California King, came out on April 22nd on the heels of her wildly successful Comedy Central special, Ham Mouth. Amy found her comedy chops in Oakland and is still a regular at the SF Punchline and Cobb's Comedy Club, but probably got funnier after a former student of hers almost stabbed her to death for being a, quote, slut. Her material is personal, political, and 100% authentic. I better know Amy from watching her hilarious specials and then meeting her for real right now this minute in this interview after her dope publicist put us in touch so amy tell us what got you into comedy how different are la and the bay how annoying is it when non-natives call it the bay tell us all the things <laughs> i'm fine with anybody calling it the bay i don't know that's what i call it <laughs> i feel comfortable with that um yeah call it whatever you want i don't know just stop moving there <laughs> <laughs> so one day i can move home Oh, what got me into comedy? Well, I started in the Bay, um, actually during, I don't know, why did I start comedy? Um, a terrible year of my life, kind of had an emotional breakdown. I was doing several service industry jobs at that time, coincidentally enough. And I don't know, I thought it would just be like a crazy thing that I tried or it's not that crazy, but just, you know, mm -hmm. like it would be facing my fears, kind of like bucket list thing. And then I just kept going back and now it's my only job, which is really terrifying. <laughs> um, mostly my only job. Um, it's complicated. Depends <laughs> on the month. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And I think, I mean, it is kind of a crazy job. Like I would be, I, I agree with you calling it crazy because it is. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, so many of us like have worked in the service industry or you know, still do when we start comedy or long into comedy, depending on how everything's going. <laughs> but it's like, you're still, you can't get away from it. Like, we literally are, like, performing in bars and restaurants. <laughs> like, you know, a comedy club is a bar and a restaurant. It's a pub. Um, yep. So it's like, no matter what, kind of happens you still sort of stay in that world it's really interesting it's very weird yes and so how long have you been doing comedy and what, what's your like I know it's your description is personal political and authentic but what would you say you because I've noticed you mostly tell oh. personal stories right yeah for the most part I think someone else said that about me I don't I think it was like a comedy publication um I don't know that I would say that about myself not that it's inaccurate. It's nice. It's a nice review. Um, I would just be an asshole to say that about myself. But <laughs> I, yeah, I just mostly mine from my regular life, my childhood. It's not that I don't like observational comedy. I'm just bad at writing it. So, <laughs> and there's always enough to talk about from my life. So that tends to be where I go. Plus, it makes it a lot harder for anyone to ever say that I'm stealing jokes from anybody because you can't really steal this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it happened to me. That's why I think <laughs> observational comedy is the riskiest of all of them if, if you don't want to go down that route. So, yeah. So anything about like, so you eventually want to go back to San Francisco, but have you found moving to L.A. to be quite an adjustment or is it similar because it's still California? 
Um, not really. I mean, the nice thing about comedy is that there there's very few places I could move that like I wouldn't have a network of people like right. I mean that aside from you know the expense of living in a big city, um, that seems to be always like what people are talking about when they say like oh, I had a hard time adjusting to this place is that they don't have community, they don't have a network, and they don't have work. But with comedy, I kind of had that everywhere. And, like, I love L.A. I don't know. I mean, I grew up in the Bay. It's not... I I went... I lived in Portland for a while. I lived in New York. But um, I don't know. I love it here. I'm also never at home. I am so constantly on the road that, like, it still feels like a treat and kind of a vacation when I'm here. But, yeah, I love it here. I don't know... But again, like I could move to Cincinnati tomorrow and have like, you know, six good friends and (laughs) immediate work. Um, That sounds like a brag. And that's not. (laughs) I should be more grateful like that I'm at the place in my career where I can at least like work anywhere, you know. Um, You know, it's not the case for all comics. So it's very lucky. Yeah. You don't sound like you're bragging. It sounds just like you've worked your ass off. That's how that comes across. (laughs) Yeah, well, and also I've obviously like thought a lot about this stuff because, of course, during the pandemic, we were all like, oh, should we just move to Des Moines or whatever? Like, why are we paying this rent when we're trapped inside our apartment? You know, so I've like given kind of a lot of thought to this. Like, what is what are the pieces that make like a place livable for, you know, your average person? And I think, yeah, comedy always kind of makes that transition easier wherever you wherever you are but I am very much a city person so you know if it wasn't here it probably would be another big city I get it well thank you for letting our audience get to know you we hope you enjoyed your abs folks we're going to go on to the entrees after a quick break We are back, and now it is time for the entrees. Okay, Amy, uh, this is what I always call the speed round of questions, but it's not. Feel free to tell stories. This is where we get into the specifics of why you're on the podcast to begin with, about your customer service history that you are fortunate enough to say is in the rear view. Okay, what was your first job ever where the government was taking taxes out of your income? So some people have said, like, babysitting, paper route, whatever. That can be true, and you can say that, but we're looking more for, like, where the government got involved. Oh, well, I worked, let me see, my first job when I was 17 was I worked at a cake store in Berkeley and then shortly after got hired at the video store and I was doing both. Um, I went to Berkeley for school and they were on the same street and I didn't love working at the cake store. So really just, you ever, I don't, I think like a lot of times when you're a teenager, you like get a job that's shitty, that's close to the job that you actually want. And so you can like go in, get to know those people, maybe bring them some free cake. And then, you know, after a few months, you're like, hey, I would much rather work at this video store. (laughs) That's such a good Um, hustle. (laughs) So I was kind of doing both. But yeah, I was so broke in college too, putting myself through school. And I um, was on a steady diet of cake and espresso (laughs) for a while. Um, But yeah, I do remember that being shocking of just being like, oh, I'm making so little money already. And then like, you're taking my money. I don't, it was... It's jarring. It was for your quite friend. unpleasant. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I had to steal a lot of cake. I mean, no judgment. And it's, you know, it's, it's, I think there's a statute of limitation for cake theft. So I think you're okay. When you say well, cake. only good for like three days. So it's like, <laughs> that should be as long. Where are they going to go? <laughs> that's as long you as know, the crime gets to be. Yeah. And they were expensive. It's like, who's spending like 
70 bucks on a cake. 70 bucks on a cake? God yeah. damn. Were, were these like wedding cakes and stuff like that? Or was it like specific? It was just cake in general. A variety of um, occasion cakes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so then you- we decorated them. I was very good at the decoration, like writing messages on them, like ex, like an expert. Wait, was this like kind of like Ralph's where you get to like, you just, uh, the cake base is already made and the icing's already on it. And then you just submit a message or were these like custom? Exactly. Ah. Yeah. It was um, just desserts. And now they have, I mean, they still have a line of cakes you can like buy in grocery stores, but for a while they had to have, they tried to have brick and mortar stores that were basically coffee shops where you could get different desserts, but also a full cake. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, most people are just coming in to like study, have coffee, have like a muffin, not buy an entire cake. <laughs> but when they did, I was ready to decorate it and I was very good at it. That's amazing. Okay. And so then you moved over to the video store after that? Yeah. So I ended up working for five years on and off. Yeah. It's still one of my favorite jobs I've ever had. Although a lot of weird shit happened there and I don't think I loved it as much at the time, but in retrospect, it's a wonderful memory for me. Was it As like these jobs tend to go a lot of the time? That's very true. Was this like a video store or was this a, just a rent a video store? Well, funny you say that because it, it, we kind of had both. Initially, they had a little porn room like behind these like saloon doors that were very popular in the, in the 90s, um, where it's like, hey, creeps. Not that it's <laughs> creepy to watch porn, but the men that were doing it there were creepy. Um, <laughs> like, Come into this little private room so you can pick out your porn. And then they tra they transitioned it to a binder system where basically you flip through this binder with all the covers inside and then you tell us a number. And then I'm like, remember, I'm 17 at this point. So these full grown men are supposed to like pick out their kink, whatever, and then tell me a number. But then they would inevitably just be like, hey, I'll take there's something about Mary's ass. Um, this was... <laughs> <laughs> now you were firmly rooted in a t place in time now <laughs> Shane's world like a lot of parody titles and then I'm like just say the number dude like I'm a child <laughs> I don't need you to say blonde chicks who love black dick to my face like <laughs> well, you are all real titles embedded in my brain for the rest of my life and you couldn't legally watch the thing that you were peddling like you weren't 18 yet That's I know I wasn't supposed to be renting it out either but I think I was enough on the border that they were like oh it's just a few months <laughs> but still like what oh rough and a lot of the men in that neighborhood were like Berkeley professors too so like occasionally I would have to like rent porn to like a sociology professor that I also oh. And like he felt no kind of way about that. He's like, yeah, give me something about Mary's ass. I don't care. I'll see you. Yeah. I'll see you Monday. And, and I, you know, I was like, I don't know if precocious is the right word at 17. I think so. That's a child to me now. But at the time, you don't know your child. Like, yeah, I can't imagine being an adult and like going up to a 17 year old girl and being like, I would like to rent my porn from you now. But we were right on that. You know, this is just before everyone was like figure or adults of this age were figuring out like porn on the internet obviously i had because i was 17 <laughs> but like they were a little behind because first of all why are you getting videos anyway like it's the year 2000 you have a computer <laughs> that's rough now but you said you look back on that job fondly why is that i do well i think like a lot of those jobs you know i made lifelong friends there are people that i still talk to several times a week that are like you know my ride or dies um that i met doing that job I also at that time got, you know, it's the best when you get friends hired, you know, oh. so I got like my best college friend hired and 
my boyfriend at the time. So it was just like this group of people that I love really dearly. And we just have hilarious stories from that place because it was so strange. It was one of the last, you know, a dying <laughs> like neighborhood Industry. video store. Yeah. Yeah, and and it was not a, a chain. It just stood on its own, and um, it was called Vidiots, by the way. That's such a good name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would. One was ever there was one in Santa Monica too. Really? That is now being reopened by the Duplass brothers. Are um, you? I love them. Shout out to Mark and Jay. You're good humans. That's lovely. Yeah, they're great. Um, and it's different spelling. We were V I D E O T S. No relation to the Santa Monica Vidiots. But yeah, it was just some of the most fun of my life. And I just watched so many movies. And like, you know, I could always pick up work because nobody ever wanted to work. So a lot of days I I lived really close. I would just walk to the video store at the start of someone's shift and be like, hey, do you not want to be here right now? Because I need money. (laughs) And then they would just leave. I would take over. <laughs> be like, I'm going to clock out and you're going to come right on in. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was the best. But, you know, there were, you know, there were weird, like, just people that jerked off in our bathroom and, like, we got robbed a lot. And, uh, you know, we had our, like, stable of, I shouldn't say stable, it's a very heartless word, but our group of unhoused people that hung out in the store and would, like, come and request the same movie over and over because, I don't know, this one guy was, like, at Altamont Pass for the Rolling Stones. And so he always wanted to watch Gimme Shelter. And we're just oh. like, yeah, man, whatever. Just don't, you know, leave any garbage on the ground, but you can hang out as long as you want. So um, they w- so they would come in and be like, can you put on the, like the TVs that are actually like in the front area or they could, you could yeah. actually rent a video and go in the back? No, no, just like the couple TVs that were like in the actual store. Hmm. Just like shitty old giant TVs, like, suspended from probably not a very secure wire up <laughs> from the ceiling, you know? That's and lovely. like, yeah, he'd just be like, put on Gimme Shelter. And we're like, okay. Cool, Until no Until it gets busy, you can watch this. But then you have to clear out because these rich people, you know, they're freaked out by you because <laughs> you're poor. <laughs> and they want to watch <laughs> so their porn we. without judgment. So you need to yeah, exit exactly. unhoused human. Okay, how many customer service jobs have you had total? Ooh, Man, I don't even know if I can answer this question. Can you? And ballpark? frankly, they're not totally over because occasionally I do like on a light month, you know, walk dogs or whatever. Well, in <laughs> comedy, I think is a version of customer service because your bread and butter is based on the people, the butts in the seats or the, you know, the people buying your album. I mean, I know it's more of an ethereal concept, but I feel like it's customer service. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, you are trying to like keep the customer happy. You know what I mean? And there is like so much other stuff going on. Plus you're, you're in a service environment. And like, you know, I tend to always say like, be sure to tip your wait staff and tip them well. And like that you can just tell comedians who have worked service industry jobs and yep. people who haven't. A, because a lot of them were just assholes. You know, you worked at a club. Sure did. just like, mm-hmm. do you think we're not going to remember this? <laughs> do you, you know? think we're not about to tell every other motherfucker <laughs> your first and last name? Because we are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so I was always, I've always been like nice to the staff. Not because I thought it would get me ahead, but just because it's, I don't know, regular human behavior. <laughs> Wait, what? And That's crazy. <laughs> you guys are working so hard to like, make my show you know you're working basically I'm talking like it's not a real job (laughs) not to say that it's easy but it's like the people in the room bringing 
fucking 16 drinks on one tray are working. Like, I'm yeah. not. <laughs> so I'm like, please give them money and don't yell at them. Thank you for that. We always appreciate that. We can hear that from the, the room. Could you like ballpark how many jobs you think you had? Like, would you say over? Oh, or- yeah, probably close to 25. Okay. I'm a very good employee, but I do not have a lot of patience, never have, for being mistreated, especially by a male boss. What? It's- you don't tolerate <laughs> abuse. That's crazy, Amy. <laughs> I know. Especially in like a shitty job because I'm just like, I can just go get another one. I think when you're young, you have that paranoia of like, oh no, yeah. they're, what if they call and then they find out like <laughs> I walked out on the job? Like I would usually give two weeks notice, but a couple of times I did straight up walk out. So if you're counting those jobs, then yeah, it's well over 25. And that wasn't many times, but it was like, you know, I worked front desk at a hotel and I had been there for a while. But then my boss said something super racist. So I just left. Well done, you. <laughs> Just got on the bus and went home. And, you know, he was an idiot. So he didn't know how to do anything. Obviously, he couldn't even check someone in. So I like I knew I was leaving him hanging. Um, Good. And then, yes. And, then you know, I worked at a grocery store once. That was not my bag as far as shitty jobs go. But um, I could not. Well done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was good at it, too. But because everyone in a grocery store, like, doesn't care. And they're <laughs> all trying to become a checker. Like, I did... <laughs> Like every cleanup on aisle six, like I cleaned up. Do you oh, know what I mean? And yeah. Because no, everybody else would disappear. <laughs> I kind of liked bagging, but I did not like the interactions. And I can't even imagine like when someone's bagging my groceries, I'll say hi and I'll say thank you so much. And that is it. I can't fathom ever being like, well, how's, how's your day going today? Where'd mm. you get that shirt? Like, psycho people do yeah. that but they did it a lot to a young woman you know and so i was like i can't do this wait um, they would like interrogate yeah, probably, you a little bit like they wanted to know too much yeah like ask me are you in school what are you studying like sing me a song there was this guy that always come in and sing that song no amy what you want to do <laughs> Can I please just bag your groceries? Like, I wish I could have had headphones in. They should allow all of those folks to just, like, literally, perf- like, work silent if they want. But, yeah, probably well over 25. Can you think of, for one of those incidents, besides the boss being racist, which would be, like, an obvious, like, good for you for leaving, can you think of an incident where you it, like, surprised you that you were like, oh, shit, I'm about to walk out on this job, and then you did it? I don't think I was ever surprised by it, because by the time it happened... You know, it had been so built up. But I will say there was one restaurant I worked at, this Italian restaurant, uh, Italian restaurant in Oakland, that I really enjoyed working there. But the owners were cokeheads. Mm, at a restaurant? Know, That's crazy. That has never yeah. happened. <laughs> I can't imagine. It's probably the only one. And so they just were mismanaging a lot of things. What? And our paychecks just started bouncing, like Ooh. straight up bouncing. And... So I was, that was one job I was actually sad to leave, but we were all just like, we can't sustain this. Like we need to get paid because, you know, we're living check to check. And so you put that check in and then start spending the money and then it bounces and then you have all these fees and it was just like, what are you guys doing? (laughs) Well, they were putting the money up their noses. Um, (laughs) But I had a lot of fun working there. It was right on the lake and the food was good. And it was just like, again, I have friends from there. But I'm like, yeah, I guess I have to quit. 
And they like really didn't want me to. And I'm like, no, but I can't work for free. Like, I don't love it that much. I can't work for pasta, even though it's good. And, and again, much like the cake store, it's like, if this is the only thing I'm eating is like pasta and bread with olive oil, like I'm packing on weight, you know? Well, and you're getting no real nutrition. So you're like, you're full, but you're, it's not like serving you at all. Yeah, that sucks. Okay, so yeah. you so you quit that job. Was there a job where you were like, burn this motherfucker down, flip a table, get me out of here? Probably the hotel, yeah. And then I worked at this diner for a number of years in the East Bay also that is owned by Mike Dirnt of Green Day and a couple other partners, but he's, you know, the famous partner. And it's one of those cool diners, you know? And you remember in the early 2000s, we were all doing that thing where it was like, yeah, it's like a diner, but they're rude to you there. <laughs> and they all have tattoos. <laughs> and I was like, like, that was like a trend. And I'm like, oh, no, I want to be a good server. Like, I don't actually want to abuse people who don't deserve it. <laughs> like, uh, And I don't have any tattoos. I just want to like do my job and make like, money. Like, go home. Um, <laughs> that was like what they were going for. And so the manager was just a prick. And I did work there for probably three years and again, lifelong friends. We had a lot of fun. We drank on the job all the time. Everybody was fucking up. But of course, I was getting people the shit they needed. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but yeah, that was a manager that just across the board was like paying every dude significantly more than uh-uh. the women. And that's just on hourly, you know, and it's like, and they were useless. I mean, these dudes were terrible at the job. Lazy, stealing, you know, drunk, whatever. He was just that kind of prick. And then at some point, Mike Turner, classic punk behavior, decided like he wanted to make it a fireable offense for us to say bad words on the job. Yeah, you know, classic punk shit. Um, He was like, well, at my country club, if they swear, they get like a red card, like like in soccer. Because he was there and he heard someone saying fuck or something. If you can even imagine a full-grown adult man um, hearing a bad word. And so between that and like the actual manager, I also had someone throw a pint glass at my head. I'm sorry? Yeah, this guy was like really mad that there was... I think I have a joke about this on my first album. I'm pretty sure it's on there. This guy was really mad that there was... He accidentally got regular chili instead of the vegetarian chili because he was a vegan. And I'm like, I mean... How many bites did you take? Do you know what I mean? Like, this shit happens. <laughs> you know, you've been in the back of house. It's like yeah. there's six cups of ch- sides of chili there. You don't and know. And a runner. Yeah, a runner gets confused or lost track. And then I'm like, why did you eat the meat? Like, you know that you don't eat meat. Um, Probably tasted pretty good. <laughs> and he was just a drunk prick. And he was so mad. So he picked up a full pint glass of beer and threw it at my head. Shattered. Ooh. It shattered on the wall. Splashed glass and beer all over my other tables. And so not only did that happen, but those tables didn't tip me. Fuck off. That's not your fault. Are you kidding me? And I, I comped their meals too. Cause I was like, I'm so sorry that you had to be here for this. And then they left zero tip on a $0 meal. And I'm like, yeah, again, it's not my fault. Wow. And then that boss was like, you know, I told him what was going on and he was like, well, what did, why did, what, why did he, why did you do that? <laughs> I'm going to fucking scream. Why did you make that man so angry? He threw, he abused, he assaulted you. Fuck off. Literally. Yeah. He's, yeah. His exact words were, what did you do that made him throw the glass at you? (laughs) Um, Doug, you know, famously, I say in the joke, like, 
number one name for all middle management <laughs> restaurant guys, Doug. <laughs> Doug was just, <laughs> and so the, I, I walked out. I was just like, I'm done here. And it was a lucrative job and I did have fun, but I'm just like, on principle, you know, but, I'll die, I'll die improv, impoverished with my principles. Well, won't we all? But, uh, but, but wait, I don't, what I don't understand is, so, so did someone escort that gentleman the fuck out the restaurant and be like, you, that this behavior is unacceptable? Or were they just like, Amy, yeah. shame on you? Some of my other coworkers did, but another funny layer was that there were police officers in the diner. But so Emeryville and Oakland are bordering towns, and the diner was one block into the Emeryville side. And so it was Oakland PD, and they ate there frequently. And they were like, well, we can't do anything. It's not our jurisdiction. So you have to call Emeryville PD. And I was just like, you can't just fucking scare them a little, or, you know. You can do I'm nothing. Like, I'm a female that. Like, okay. Yeah, we're here to have burgers. Um, God bless. <laughs> Protect and serve. I very little little support. Mm, that, uh, and that guy didn't even get banned from the restaurant. Fuck like, they off. let him keep eating. Yeah, so I would just not take his table if he showed up ever again. But they let him keep coming. And I was just like, fuck this place. I, I don't, I, I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't, I have no, like, I try to hold, have compassion for everyone because everyone's had a bad day. Even at my worst, short of you putting hands on me and me needing to throw a glass, like, just because I'm, I'm really into hugging animals or whatever the fuck, and I mistakenly ate a really good side of chili, like, at no point is that a proportionate response I don't like I, on what planet and then to come back and be like, yeah, I'm just going to show my face. Like, I don't I yeah. don't feel any kind of way. Well, it's like, I mean, I, I've been vegetarian. I've dated vegetarians for years. I've dated vegans. And, and they're I mean, normal people, they're suspicious of everything. You know what I mean? And like my ex-boyfriend would always be like, this kind of seems like it's meat. Like, will you try it? Like, is this meat? And then I would be like, and now it's a little bit harder with like beyond and impossible yeah. meat and stuff. But yeah. in the past... It was just there's meat in it or there's not. You know what I mean? And so I I don't know how he didn't have that natural suspicion because he even said, like, this keeps happening. And I'm like, maybe fucking go to a vegan restaurant then if That's, you're this strict about it. Because you're also eating fries. I'm sorry. That are animal fat. Animal fat. And mm -hmm. that's why they taste so good here to you because they are bacon. Yeah. <laughs> They're chicken and bacon, and that's why you like the fries here. <laughs> and bacon um, is delicious. And yeah, I was a vegetarian for a long time, and I just there were certain restaurants where I just knew don't eat out there, or you get the grilled cheese. You do the thing that couldn't even have meat if it tried. Like it's right. it's a it's irresponsible, but whatever. The but the overarching point is like assault is your response when you. I'll, I'm going to fixate on this for the rest of the podcast. I'm going to have to move on. <laughs> just obsessed <laughs> no it was crazy it's and insane it, and the embarrassing thing too is like that the clientele like it the theme worked you know what i mean so a lot of the clientele was these like was burning man people a and b like like pseudo punks like oakland like i'm covered in tattoos but i also have a corporate job <laughs> like <laughs> um, like they did come to the restaurant because they thought it was cool and and then we're like we think you're losers um <laughs> for eating here every single day. You know, like <laughs> there are so many restaurants in the Bay Area you could be going to. But it was that kind of guy, you know, where he was just like, I won't put up with this disrespect. <laughs> Way to really die on the right hill, buddy. Way to really go for <laughs> yeah. it. Wow. Especially in Oakland where there's not a, a homeless population that, or an unhoused population that could really, whatever. Way to, way to choose. And before right. I left that 
night. I because his girlfriend was with him too, and that was even wilder because she like came up and tried to defend him, and I was straight up like, "You need to break up with this man." Good for He's you. A piece of shit. He's always in here. Nobody likes him. He just fucking threw a glass at a woman. Like, what are you doing with him? Also, and real talk, woman to woman, like you know, blink twice if you're being if you're being abused because if he's if he's doing that in public, he was doing something else to up. her. Yeah. Oh, I could fix it. I'm t- I'm sweating. I'm taking <laughs> off my jacket. I'm sweating. <laughs> All right, let's move on. But from- still, like, if I were ever to get married, it's like, you know maybe five out of six of my bridesmaids would be servers from that diner. Like that's, it was a fun like job. war buddies, you know? Oh yeah. yes. I, I, I get that working at comic club is very similar. Okay. So what club did you work at? I worked at the, the store. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Which was your <laughs> favorite job of all of the customer service jobs? Probably the video store, maybe the movie theater. That was oh, also on the movie. same block, like on this strip of college Avenue in Berkeley. I had like, six jobs (laughs) because I would just bounce and you know people in the neighborhood knew me and I'd be like hey do you want a waitress for tonight only (laughs) um but I think long term probably the video store like I really I had like a very sweet mentor uh who was like this old very funny guy who's now passed that really became like a father figure to me and I just loved like learning about the movies and the clientele, aside from the creepy people, was kind of wild. It's this neighborhood in Berkeley where there's like a lot of authors and people who are rich from intellectual things, you know, like Michael Lewis lived there and Michael Shabone lived there. All the Michaels, <laughs> Michael Pollan, like not even kidding. Whoa, wow. All the Michael authors and like a lot of musicians and stuff. It was just a... You know, it was just an interesting, like, group of people. And I just loved, like, I would go home with a stack of movies and, like, just stay up all night watching them because I didn't have to be back at the store until noon or whatever. Um, It was just really, really special for that reason. Um, And also, like, sort of easy, you know. And when you you have worked in food service a lot and then you do any customer service job where there's no food, (laughs) <laughs> you're like so stoked, you know, you're like, I don't have to bring a side of ranch. Great. Like, perfect. <laughs> Although we did have a popcorn machine and that was probably the worst part of it because I'm like, oh. why have you brought food into this equation? <laughs> and people just have their kids running around, like smashing it into the carpet. Oh, God. <laughs> like, no, that's the worst. It's Why do these people need popcorn? For longtime listeners of the podcast, ranch came up again, y'all. Who knew that a (laughs) worker in the customer service realm of food service would be annoyed at ranch? It has never happened on this podcast before. Okay, so that was your favorite. So the the gentleman that ended up being a mentor to you, um, was he the owner or, or just the manager of the video store? He wasn't. He was just the manager. And it was interesting because he was like in his 60s already, you know, when he had a stroke and then he developed Parkinson's. And so it was like the owner's. Yeah, I don't I don't can't remember how they met, but I do feel like they were sort of in their minds, like doing a solid to this guy to like keep him employed. But also he was great at the job and everybody loved him. He looked exactly like George Carlin. Oh, really? Very dry. Yeah. Was just so funny. And he was still alive for a short time when I started doing comedy and he was just like, oh, this makes sense. He was like really proud about it, you know, because he was so funny. But yeah, he was just the manager and people would think he was the owner just because he was old and like all the other employees were teenagers. Sure. But we had a fun thing going on. Like it was mostly like kids and college kids that worked there. Occasionally they would try to hire like a real adult and then we would like bully them out of the job basically. (laughs) 
Because I'll never forget, we had this, uh, once again, you're going to know exactly what year it was. We had a clerk's poster behind the desk, of course, because we were like, we're just like them. We're cool. We're rude and we love movies. Um, (laughs) And they got this very nice full-grown adult man. He was an Indian man. He was like a father, you know. He just like wanted to work at this video store for some reason. He needed work. And one of his first projects when he was left alone was he was like, I'm going to freshen up all the posters and like clean behind the desk and stuff because it was filthy. I like came into work and I fucking look above behind the register and there's a Sweet Home Alabama poster. <laughs> and I'm like, no fucking way, dude. <laughs> he ripped the clerk's poster into shreds. What? And I was just like, we got to get this guy out of here. <laughs> he was a great employee and we just like bullied him out of the job. <laughs> Wait, why did he rip up the poster, though? Did he have to make because a point? He, he was like, that movie's old. It's been out for a few years. <laughs> so he didn't get it, man. <laughs> so how did we you... were such assholes to him. Wait, how'd you bully him out? Then you guys just made it insufferable for him to come to work? And he was like, I have a family. This hurts my feelings. Yeah, we were just like teenagers. And we were just rude to this full-grown man because he was trying. And we didn't like... Nobody ever tried to clean, you know what I mean? Like, freshen <laughs> yeah. up the posters. Effort is very not- well-intentioned, but we were like, you don't fit in here. <laughs> you don't get it. <laughs> so you bullied a man in his 50s out of a job. That's great. Good job, you. Uh, okay, yeah, so that, that was your you. favorite of all of the customer service jobs. Would you say least favorite, minus the ones that you had, like, for a day at a time? Would the least favorite be the hotel then, or which would be the least favorite? Ooh, least favorite. This one's tough. <laughs> probably the grocery store, based on how I worked for two days and then gave my two weeks notice, was probably the worst. <laughs> okay. I just, oh my God, I've had so many. I did not like being a barista. I'll say that Ooh. in any context. Tried it several times. I think, I don't know if this counts as customer service. I did um, briefly have a job in college playing Scrabble with this old woman. This oh, doesn't count. Yes, it does. Yeah, she's, I mean, you had a customer, but, oh, was that rough? She was a Holocaust survivor. Oh, wow. Um, She was 91 years old. And, you know, this is, like, in the early 2000s. So, so she was, like, full-grown adult during the Holocaust. Not that it makes it better if you were a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> Not in not implying that. I'm saying like she was in it, in it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she was fully aware of what was happening and that she might yeah, die. Yeah, yeah. And she was just frankly like a very mean person. Um, and so her daughter would like hire college kids to come play Scrabble with her because she was super sharp still. She loved Scrabble. She was actually very good at it, although I still won and it would piss her off. Dominated against but, the 91-year-old. Yeah, fun side effect from the horrors of life and the cycle of hate. She was super racist. Awesome. That's fun to be around. (laughs) The other part of my job was that we would go on this walk and it was the same loop every day to go to the flower shop and go to the bookstore on Telegraph Avenue. And um, the whole walk would just be me like apologizing to people because like (laughs) we would go to the bookstore and some nice young man would be like, hey, do you guys need any help? Are you finding everything okay? And she would be like, you don't even know how to read. You're black. Oh, my God. (laughs) And so I'm following behind her, whispering like, she was in the Holocaust. I'm so sorry. We're not not related. I do this for money. And he's just like, you're fine. I'm familiar with racist old white people. There also were no black people involved, like in the planning or execution of the Holocaust. Like, your anger is being... (laughs) misguided slightly no it's just a fun like pass it on kind of hate you know what i mean (laughs) 
who can I shit on after I got shit on? It's fun. That's a good side effect. So you would have to apologize for her racist comments every day. I would have crawled into my shell and died. I don't know. Yeah, or then I would just try to avoid the walk and be like, let's just keep playing Scrabble. And she's like, I need to get my flowers. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, and the flower dude was like Armenian or something. So she always had comments about that. And it's like, I just had, uh, and her daughter told me she was insufferable, but I'm like, you didn't mention the racism and you didn't prepare me. <laughs> yeah, because like insufferable can be kind of cute, but like mm, having to apologize repeatedly and for hurting people's feelings, not ideal, not a, not, right. not fun. I hope you were but making 75 an hour. At, in, you know, 2000 or whatever, they paid $18 an hour to like play Scrabble with this crazy lady. And that's like good. Pay. That was good money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I could have just put up with her behavior. But again, my dumb principles, you know, <laughs> damn you, Amy, to <laughs> dying on these hills over and over. What is the weirdest thing you've been asked to do whilst on the clock? I don't I don't know. I think well, my friends and I from the diner always have this memory of a guy. God, we were so mean. A guy <laughs> who came in to eat by himself, just quiet, like nice, normal customer. And then ordered a piece of cake and then asked if we had a candle. And then he was like, it's my birthday. No. And I don't really have any friends. If I like this, will you guys sing to me? Oh, I'm going to cry. This is not a <laughs> sad podcast. No. Amy. Amy. Oh, my God. We were awful. Oh, my God. That's what you got for, that's why you had to push a Holocaust racist survivor around and apologize for her behavior because you wouldn't sing to a lonely old dude. Listen, well, first of all, he wasn't old, so that made it weird. Oh. Because we're like, why don't you have friends? You're like 32. But you know, because you worked at the comedy store, like, you know how you just are on guard about certain things. If you work in a pack of like hot women, hot young women who are constantly, like, I'm sure they're, Maybe we misjudged him, but I'm sure there was an undertone of like, hey, if these three babes come sing to me because I like make them do it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe he was just a really sad, lonely guy. But we were like, absolutely not. Because by that point, you've been like harassed and hit on and asked to do so many weird things that you're just like, no, I'm working. Like, you know. We'll see. And you also saw where my brain went. I assume this dude was like 90. This this dude in his 30s claiming no friends. And it's like, it's not like all your friends died in the war, bro. You're in your 30s. Like that, that's sus (laughs) for sure. So no, I forgive you for that. Good. Okay, thank you. Yeah, you didn't need to Yeah, it's just weird behavior. And it's like, yeah. But there probably were many times that we thought someone was being creepy because that happened to us so much. And also was a big part of the reason people came to that diner because they're like, let's look at all these sweet pieces of ass. (laughs) I mean, you know, looking back, it's probably kind of nice to think, oh, that was fun. But also there's always that underlying thing where you're like, cool. And I constantly didn't feel safe at work. And I constantly felt like I couldn't I couldn't ever have my guard down so that if he were if someone like that were genuine and coming in that you would want to be kind to. It's just like, nah, sorry, wrong environment. Can't do it. Like, just because, yeah, you you can't. uh, Yeah. Yeah, can't ever let your guard down. When people would hit on you at work and Mm -hmm. and in retrospect, you're like, I don't know, that guy could have been okay. Maybe I should have gone on a date with him. But you're also just like, not here. Like, why? Like, find me on my space. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you'll be in my top eight. (laughs) You know, because we were insane. We had all all put our job. 
like job in our MySpace profile. Of course, and not make anything about it. Yeah, here's how you can find me on a Friday. Right now, actually. Right now, here's where I am. I'm 12. Was there ever an incident that made them ask to speak to your manager while while you were working? Or they were like... Oh, yeah. I got in trouble for with Doug for an early... (laughs) It was like pretty early days of Yelp. And I got a one star review and they and they also contacted him like they called him. So he wasn't there. They didn't ask to speak to him like on the spot. But it was just it was just a pack of college kids. They were all like 20 and, you know, they were much younger than me, but they it was six people. They literally all had like a soda and one fry and they wanted to split the check six ways, six different credit cards. Fuck you. And That's- I was literally like. I'll just comp your, I'll comp your whole table. And they were like, what? And I'm like, it's $18. Like, I'll just, I got it. But at first I was like, okay, how about this? I was trying to joke around with them. I'm like, what if you buy your friend a soda so that I don't have to run a six credit card? (laughs) And they were just all staring at me like I was like a terrible person. No laughs at all. And they put this all detailed in the Yelp review. So it's hilarious because they look, so insane in the review. They do. Like we spent $18 and she wouldn't split it six ways. Basically, <laughs> she said, why don't I buy my friend a soda just this once? <laughs> and then she comped our meals before she would even run our credit cards. And so it's like, OK, so you were annoying and then you got a free, yeah. got a free bill. Yeah. Like all you're doing is giving a play by play on how to get a free meal instead of but you give a one star. That should have been a 10 star out of five. Like that's yeah. fucking crazy just for customers listening like the technology has gotten a little bit easier on pos systems for like splitting cards for sure but you know we were kind of on the cusp at that time where we're still pretty annoying especially if you were really busy and so doug was like why you gave these people like free stuff and also we're rude to them and i'm like yeah Yeah. i didn't i i didn't delete all their i i actually paid like their bill out of my pocket wow so what am I in trouble for exactly for joking around with customers at this diner where you encourage us to be rude? Okay, weird. <laughs> and then Doug put his hand on his hip and proudly walked away, realizing that he was wrong. <laughs> I'm sure that's happened. We like put me on some like fake probation. Oh, you know fuck what I mean? Like, off there would always pay- be the- some punishment that wasn't punishment. Like oh, restaurants well, you don't get to, do to work brunch for one month. And I'm like, oh, the <laughs> oh, worst no. shift. Okay, great. Yeah, I don't have to do bottomless mimosas. How on earth? Earth will I survive when people don't tip off of that? Uh, Please, no. All the drinks. And that diner had dollar Pabst cans. And so, yeah, every brunch was like, oh, no. Can I please have a mimosa, a Pabst, a milkshake? Because we did milkshakes. We made ourselves. Oh, God. Nightmare. The servers had to make the shakes. No. Who has time? There's no time. there wasn't a runner. Yeah, it was fucking and and coffee at you know an espresso drink and I'm just like no ma'am no 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 and water water like mm. what no. you're not drinking that water you're not it's you're busy drinking a milkshake and a Pabst because dairy and beer go together so well Ugh. oh let me sort of throw up all right uh, have you ever personally told a customer to fuck off or maybe not in those words but heavily implied it oh yes many times <laughs> can you think of one many many times. Usually just for being rude, saying something creepy. Be, I would say the bigger scenario is like being creepy or rude to another server. I tend to like defend people more than I defend myself probably. Same. I mean, that's changed now, but yeah. But as a young person, I, I'm more likely to go off on a customer if they're being rude to you your know, home my girl. Friend than, yeah. 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 I get that. 
Um, do you tip? Oh, yeah, of course. How much? <laughs> what do you mean? Some people don't. <laughs> Who Who's worked oh. in the service industry that doesn't tip? You'd be surprised. Um, like I typically tip around 25%. It really depends on what it is. But that's, I'm like, I want to do the easiest math possible. So I times it by two and then add a few more dollars. It usually comes out to about 25. If it's like amazing service, I love the person, you know, we're in 30 to 35 to 40 range. I spend way too much money on tipping. That's like that on a regular basis. Shows how much of that work you did because that seems to be I've the also, answer. <laughs> I've also over tipped really shitty servers and bartenders just to prove a point. Okay, see that my next the next question is <laughs> do you ever not tip? So will you ever not no. tip? Okay. And then if they're shitty, they get more from you. And will you like write a note of like, by the way, you are bad at your job, but here's an extra whatever? No, because I don't I tend not to be passive aggressive. If anything, I would say to I would give a big tip so that I could say to their face, you were fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> And you should do something else. But here's a 75% tip just so I can like basically buy my way into saying that. But that's not if someone's like in the weeds or they're just not good at multitasking. I'm talking about like straight up dickheads. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I did have someone apologize once like because there was a bartender in Portland when I was living there that I kind of knew because he had worked at a few bars. And I think one night he was just having a bad night, but was like, and I didn't know he knew who I was. I was just like, oh, I recognize you from, you know, the places you've worked. And he was just being a fucking asshole and like also not doing a good job serving. So I just I left him a $100 tip and I was like on the way out, hope your night gets better. And then he like found me on Facebook or something and DM'd me and was like, hey, I'm a fan of your comedy and I'm really sorry I was having a terrible night and this was so generous and like, you know, I need to like be better be better <laughs> that's awesome your hundred dollars made his attitude shift i mean and then you just did you that hundred dollars tipped every other customer he had to interact with for the rest of his time as a as a bartender that's awesome i yeah. hope so yeah i mean that's the plan but he also could just still be a huge fucking asshole i mean probably. but i never do zero tip especially in a restaurant because i know like ecosystem of how it works it's like yeah. you know they're tipping out dishwashers cooks and runners and like you know if i don't tip you then and you're probably already under tipping everyone else you work with. Yep. Because a lot of the time that shit is not regulated. And like, you know, as a server, like I would always over tip like the dishwashers and stuff too. And then my coworkers would be like, here's a dollar for all your hard work running my food. So yeah, I tend to never leave zero unless there is like a real situation. Like someone's a huge creep or said something racist to my friend or whatever, but I'd be more likely to just wait for the food to arrive and then walk out without ever eating it. Oh, that is, is a waste of food, which I hate, but again, principles. <laughs> Here goes that theme. Okay. Have you ever been stiffed? Oh yeah. Yeah. All the time. All the time. I think people think it happens less than it does. Uh, it happens constantly, constantly. Um, especially on people splitting checks. And it's like, listen, if you're with a good crew of friends, coworkers, you can peek over and be like, what's everyone tipping? Especially if you're the one in the crew that worked in the service industry before. I do that all the time. Or I'll just take the check, figure it all out and be like, here's what you owe to, and include the tip. Because people think like, oh, we're in a group. Somebody took care of it. And it's yep. like, no, you yeah. take care of your own slip. That's your shit, you know? Yeah. 
for the food and service that you received. Yeah, um, you separated yeah, yourself out. Of, yeah, or people just go like, well, I just had like a burger. I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't like a lot of work for her or Ugh. anybody. So I'll just leave zero or two quarters on the table. <laughs> <laughs> That's worse. Change is always worse. And I say this all the time. It's both. Yeah, it's both ends of the age spectrum too. Like teenagers are really bad tippers. And I think a lot of the time, like they just don't know yet or no one's taught them. And then super old people. Mm-hmm. And then, but a million other just assholes. Oh That's yeah, right. stiffing is Common. so regular. That's part of the reason we over tip, right? Because you're That's like, right. well, right. I'll make up for whatever the, her, her last three tables were. That's right. Okay, last question in this section. Uh, can you give me an example of the worst customer you ever had to interact with? Or, I mean, I think the guy throwing the beer pretty much takes this, but it's if you can think <laughs> yeah. of anything besides that or an archetype of who the worst type of customer would be. That guy definitely takes the cake yeah. um, for number one worst. And mm-hmm. he also was like a big part of me leaving. So he's kind of like this <laughs> changing point in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think an archetype is these people that like you can check in when you take the order every time you visit on like, can I get you anything else? You can be specific too. Do you need any dipping sauces? Do you need <laughs> lemon for your water? Do you need a refill on your soda? And every time you ask, they say, no, we're fine. But then they get you in the off times. Like then you're running by their table with six plates and they're like, can we get some ranch? Here's ranch again. Here we go. And they're like, I was just here suggesting it to you because I fucking, I see you. I see your body. We have the same body type. I know you want ranch. It's delicious. You got fries. And like, you don't want to stereotype people, but you know who's getting ranch. You know what I mean? <laughs> Some stereotypes are okay. Like, you know, I worked in Oakland for many years. And like, I know like old black women love lemon with their water and straws. And a lot of the time I would just bring them. Bring it. Just and do then it. And they would be amazed. And I'm like, is this racism? I'm not sure. Because so far no one's turned them down. And <laughs> if anything, they're like, oh, how did you know? And I'm like, I can't officially tell you how I knew. But cultural preference. Enjoy. Cultural enjoy preference. Your You're just, I, yeah. I just had a feeling. I just, I just had a feeling. Yeah. And, and it's just, you want to take care of it because otherwise you bring one lady a lemon and straw, go back. Another lady wants one, you know, so it's just like, I'll just take care of this. So yeah, I think the archetype is just people who just don't pay attention, like, and don't think about the things that they need until it's the worst time. And That's then right. send you on seven different trips. Yes. And don't, because those tend to also be the people that don't tip well. Oh, isn't they, that always the case? Don't works. Yeah. yeah. Or don't care. Don't care to pay attention. They're just, they're having their own experience in their own orbit. And it's like, you will answer to my timeline. It's like, no, it, that's not exactly how it works. You're not the only table here. Okay. And I'm sure you're like this too, when you're in a group of friends who haven't worked in service, that they're chatting and then the server comes up and you're like, hi, how are you? And you're like, hey guys, pay attention. Let's what do go. You want? Yep. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Now's your time. Yeah. Don't be a dick. Let's go. Yeah. Wrangling people. 100%. All right. Well, now we're going to move on to the good stuff. We hope you saved room for dessert. What was the nicest thing a customer has done for you whilst you were working? Ooh. Everyone um, has trouble with this question. <laughs> I know. Should say something. I know, there, I know there have been so many things, but I think, you know, typically it ends up just being like a really generous tip from someone who could see that you were having a hard night. You know, I've had customers bring me gifts. I've had like someone who kind of saw behind my eyes that like I was trying to get out of that job and maybe like take the next step in my life who was like, 
Hey, oh, because the diner was like across the street from Pixar, um, like Pixar HQ. Wow. And so, yeah, there was this guy that would just be like, hey, we have some job openings. I think you'd be really good for like if you need a referral, like that kind of shit where it's not like insulting. It's just like, hey, I can see maybe you're like ready to get out of here. That's lovely. That's really lovely. And shit like that. Yeah. Or just, um, you know, regular customers with fancy jobs, like offering to be like a fake reference. <laughs> I've never, like that. That, that has never been the answer on the podcast in years. Like, that's amazing. What a, what a huge, kind thing. That's almost more helpful than money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, what's the best tip you've ever gotten that you can think of? Like a life tip or a monetary <laughs> Well, I mean, feel free to answer either, but I meant monetary. <laughs> I don't think anyone's topped just like a like a hundred dollar bill. I think that's been kind of yeah, the max, just like a hundred dollar bill on like a thirty, you know, thirty something dollar tab. That's nice. Um, that's really nice. Yeah. Nothing um, too crazy. No one's giving me a car or anything. That'd be nice. <laughs> me neither, girl. I would. <laughs> okay. Could you describe I mean I've had people eat me out. Oh, you have, well, that t- that wins. Nice. That's a really good tip. <laughs> the best customer that you've interacted with or an archetype for who would be the best. So either a story of, of that actually happened or general. Oh, so this just popped into my head. And I'm so glad you asked this because I think he kind of covers a couple of these categories. Not the best person by any means, but too short would come into that diner a lot. Really? Speaking of people who wanted to give us referrals for other jobs. At that time, he was still a full-on pimp oh, in Oakland. Sure. And so <laughs> because, you know, this diner was open late night, he would come up and like late and get a burger and stuff. But it was like a bunch of like cute, like hot women. And, and so he would just be like, hey, if you're <laughs> looking for more cash for easier work. And I'm like, oh no, that's I know what kind. I'm like, I know what kind of business you're running, Todd. And he's like, how do you know? He's like, like, first of all, how do you know my name? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, because he always introduces himself as Todd when you meet him in real life. And I'm like, I don't think I want any part of that kind of business, Todd. And he's like, how do you know what I do? I'm like, well, you talk about it a lot. He's like, I'll be good to you. I'm a great boss. Like, you know, you'll have a good time. It's better than slinging these burgers. And I'm like, you're not totally wrong, but <laughs> the work is pick, harder. <laughs> yeah. Pick a pimp. Probably wouldn't be you because I don't think you're actually that nice to your employees. Yeah. He doesn't, uh, his presentation of his character in music is, uh, I wouldn't think he has a, a 401k plan with that, uh, what he's offering his employees. <laughs> no, I think there's a lot of abuse. and But it did like in the sickest way and just as like a barrier person and, and a fan. I was like, man, I must have been really looking hot that day. That too short, <laughs> too short tried offered to me. <laughs> tried to turn me, me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it made me feel cute. Okay. It's I mean, right. it's true. Look, the, the honesty. Um, okay. And what's the best lesson you've personally learned from working in customer service? That there is always another job. And it did took me it did take me a long time to figure out. And you know, so if you're like in one right now, I'm not saying just walk out. You know, you can look while you have a job. That's what my mom always taught me. So on the rare occasions that I walked out, she was like, Okay, like sounds like a good reason. You know, your boss said something racist. <laughs> Fine. But you need to start looking like take this afternoon off to chill. And get like a surprise day off, whatever. And then you need to start looking tomorrow. 
So I'm just telling you, if you're in a shitty job right now, there are other shitty jobs with maybe better coworkers, a better boss. I know it always feels like the options, you know, there aren't options, but I assure you there are. <laughs> and man, you know, if I had been in college and we had the gig economy, it would have been totally different. Like, yeah. people are lucky to have that now where you can just be like, okay, well, Gonna go I'll work. be an Uber driver. Or, yeah, yeah. Deliver Postmates for a few weeks till I find something better. Like, you still have money coming in. But yeah, if you're working in a shitty fucking restaurant or comedy club or whatever that you hate, like, I promise you, there are other jobs out there. <laughs> okay. And on the heels of that last question in this section, what's one piece of advice you would give to customers who interact with customer service workers? Just say thank you and please and tip well and don't engage with them if they clearly don't want to talk and or they're busy. <laughs> and just don't don't let your kids fucking run around and suck on the ketchup bottles. <laughs> You know, <laughs> like the number of children I've seen sucking on ketchup like it's a baby bottle. And then <laughs> oh my God, we somehow lose track of that in the restaurant. Oh. And then we're like, oh, no, like oh. the busser didn't know. And he cleaned the table. And now we don't know where that bottle is. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> just Ooh, uh, I love children. I'm not like, oh, don't bring your kids to restaurants. But just. Yeah, but if Keep they're going to... on them. Yeah, if they're going to suck on stuff like a baby bottle, like, it's probably... <laughs> Don't let them suck on stuff. That's yeah. It. Okay, that's pretty Unless good Unless you're advice. breast, and I support that. <laughs> yeah, and do that at the table. Who cares about that? But it's... Wherever it's, you want. Yeah, do, do your thing. <laughs> well, how can people get in touch with you, Amy? Where can we hear California King? And are you one of the comics that's back to touring? Do you have a date to go back if you're not? Yeah, like, what's the... How can people get eyes and ears on you? Yeah, I'm on the road. Um, I don't know when this comes out. Yeah, I'm always on the road. I put my dates up on amymillercomedy.com. And then I also have my special up there, a link to buy my new album, which I have on vinyl. And you can also get digital, whatever. And that's kind of where all my links are. My, my Instagram's just amymillercomedy. Follow me there. If you don't want to watch the special, honestly, just click on it a bunch of times. But you should watch Keep it. It's running really on a good. Loop. Yeah, no, watch <laughs> oh, the special. You, Come on, we have a, we have a very supportive, loving, amazing audience for this podcast. So they will they like to support. They, it they, is they'll fun. be fun. Yeah, it's very I had very a good funny. time. It's loose and it's silly and fun. Yeah, I think you'll like it. And you'll find out why it's called California King. She's got a great joke about bed sizes that's very funny on the album. <laughs> well, folks, we're going to drop your checks now. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us out here at Surface from Hell, tell your friends, because why haven't you done that yet if you haven't? It will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind and will be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry. And if you want to get in touch with us here directly at Service from Hell, send us your receipts to servicefromhellpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you to SiriusXM and She's So Funny for putting us on. We love y'all. And remember, if you can't afford to tip you can't afford to go out so don't be garbage and be good to people it's easier that way thanks amy for being on we're really glad you were here thank you so much this is so fun all right folks thanks for listening good night good night